Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week, we got a full house. Uh, my good friend, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rodermel. Bringing the drum. Always. All Systems Joe. Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. Good to be here. Good to have you. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him A-Lo. The ladies call him Baylo. Aaron Lloyd. Uh, so, I guess the main thing to talk about this week is the, I guess, the inaugural All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, took place on Saturday night. If you're listening to this podcast, I assume you have to know that that happened. And I have to assume no you're spoilers. aware. Yeah, I have to assume you're aware of what happened on the show. Um, prep, you obviously, I think, what we you've been known as indie prep on this show for a while. <laughs> you are probably more familiar with most of the people who showed up on this show than the rest of us are. What are your thoughts, just in general, of? Double or nothing, and like the, the official start of AEW. Uh, from first view, like the first thing I noticed is production value. Uh, it was taped, and like the whole thing just looked way better than All In. The stage was awesome. It had the two sides where people come in through. I thought that was awesome. The and poker chips, really nice touch. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big yeah, chips. The whole yeah. setup was really nice. <laughs> And um, from that, it was it was really like a breath of fresh air seeing some, like yeah, I'm like you guys always call me indie prep, but like there was a lot of people that I've never seen as well that was you know those those smaller names that actually made an impact, and I thought it was really cool. Uh, Alo, your your initial AEW Double or Nothing thoughts? Um, I enjoyed it. Now, uh, believe it or not, prep was later than me. Um, so I, uh, I actually didn't catch the women's match because I I left after the replay started, but yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought every match delivered. I think the, I think the Kenny and Jericho match, it wasn't as good as the new Japan match, but I don't know if you thought it would live up to that in the first place, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. I I thought that everything was good. I thought there was excellent storytelling. Um, I'm not sure how deep we're going to get into this, but I thought the biggest star from from uh, Double or Nothing was MJF because they shine a spotlight on him as like maybe a top a top heel in the business because I've been touting in Facebook. I told you I told about this Facebook group I'm in last week, and I told you I was touting MJF like he's like a, a future legend, and I thought he got a great job. Well, a great opportunity to shine during an important segment with the AEW title presentation and having to go go up against Bret Hart in the ring. And it's clear that Adam at that Hangman Page is going to be the the top babyface in AEW. So I do like the fact that he's going against Jericho because that actually does a lot more for Adam Page than it does against Space and Kenny Omega. And I'm kind of glad that uh, the top guys in the elite coat 
me and Cody and Kenny as a singles. I'm glad they're not getting the the rough for the first title. But and it also goes hand in hand with Hangman Page being offered this big NXT deal back earlier this year and how he will be the face of NXT and get all his main roster money. I think it's kind of, I think it's a nice touch that they're actually putting him in the forefront and possibly being their first champion. But I really did enjoy the show and I, I hope we get I hope we get into it a little bit more. Uh, we will. Uh, Joseph? Yes, sir. Your, like, initial feelings, thoughts, and hopes for all Elite Wrestling coming out of Double or Nothing. I mean, it, it was a good show. It was it was a mixed bag for me. Like I said, um, some of these wrestlers I don't really know going in, and they threw them all into one match, so it's kind of like no story, no back for me. I'm kind of kind of, kind of trying to figure it out. Some missed spots. Um, some of the camera work at times was rough, but the good matches were really good. Like excellent matches, so that kind of, that kind of kind of helped me out there. I mean, they they put some spotlight back in the tag division, which is something WWE has hasn't been able to do for I don't know how many years now. Yeah, <laughs> they did it in one quite paper, some time. They did it in one pay per view. Yeah, so it, it, it was it was a breath of fresh air for for a lot of that a lot of the whistle out there. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was gonna do ratings as we always do after like any type of pay per view. But I feel like the only thing that could go to this, like I, I don't feel like we could call this a jobber, a slobber knocker, or a showstopper. To me, the only rating I could give this is this is just what pro wrestling needed. Like yeah. a show that like coming out of it, almost everybody was excited about it. Almost everybody was happy about it. Complaining to a minimum, whining to a minimum. It seems like people are just like excited for this new company. So I think I speak for all of us when I say like the, the rating for Double or Nothing is exactly what wrestling needed. Uh, I like that. It's a nice shot in the arm. It is. Like, it's funny. Like, I, I didn't watch it live because I was like, well, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty long, I think, and I really don't feel like investing that much time. Um, but I was kind of following along with social media, and I was seeing, like, little video clips here and there. I'm like, oh, this is cool. The MJF thing with Bret Hart, like, obviously I thought it w- was amazing and was really happy for him. We are very big fans of him on this show. Uh, he got a new suit. Yeah, but I, I, I really love how much Burberry is, like, part of his <laughs> I know. Logo. Like, that his logo has the Burberry pattern. He's still wearing the Burberry scarf. I hope he never changes from that. Um... But I went for a run on Saturday night, and right before I ran, I saw the video of Cody's promo after the match. And I was like, wow, I didn't even see the match, but, like, that was awesome. Like, it moved me emotionally. As I'm, I had like, to pull out the tissues for <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, walking on the street, like, in the dark, by myself, at whatever it is, like, 1030 at night, watching this, like, walking, warming up, and I'm like was like, wow, that was, like, really good. I went for my run. Go ahead, Alo. Yeah, uh, press not lying either about that because <laughs> when Cody went back to the ring, I was kind of saying what he was, Cody was going to say before he said it, but I still got emotional when Cody said it. Yeah, as I'm walking, he, and he's saying the line of, like, I don't need a partner, I don't need a friend. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to say I need my brother. And then, like, yes. when he said it, I'm like, wow, that was really good. All around, so, all around that aspect of it was awesome. The lead into it, the, the promos going into it, the match going in from start to finish, and then you got again the the end with they're covered in 
the Crimson Man. Yeah. <laughs> which we don't see on traditional TV Borderline anymore. Crimson Body. Share, sharing like an emotional moment. It's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And then like when I finished my run, because I was I was watching that clip as I was walking and warming up. Finish my run, go back on Twitter, and I see the uh, the John Moxley thing, and I'm like. It, it was the first. This is the main reason why I bring this up now. It was the first time in at least two years that I didn't watch something live that I felt like, oh my god, I felt like I missed out. And that has not happened with WWE in a couple years where I didn't watch it and I felt like, oh, I really missed something cool. Well, they're gonna change that for you when they have uh, your boy Goldberg coming back to fight the Phenom, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, prep. Yeah, I said it facetiously to Jen. She was sitting next to me. I'm like, yo, Dean's about to come out. And I said it as a joke. Next thing you know, the crowd starts going. I'm like, shit, I was right. (laughs) Yeah, like the thing I I, I was telling Joey this before we started recording. We we talked on the show last week. I think I said, like, we're getting – we brought up the idea of Punk or Ambrose showing up. And I said, I don't think both of them will be there. But for sure, we're going to see one of them at this show. What I said to Joey, I like the way they did it because after the main event ends, I, I guarantee most of that crowd probably was not even thinking about it at that point. Like um, it might have been the only time it could have been a true surprise, like the show's over. Yeah, I you see, that's my one thing with the match, cause not cause um even though I was me and Prep were an hour behind at the time, nothing had really happened. So for me personally, I was kind of anticipating the big surprise that was going to be. Um, we all assumed it would be, be John Moxley, and we got it at the end of the night. So, like, during the whole Kenny and Jericho match, me personally, I was kind of, like, waiting for something to happen. And then even after Jericho won, like Prep said, he, he telegraphed it. It was like, John Mo- uh, John Moxley's coming. And Jen, Jen really did, like, what? No, he's not. What? And, like, she really, like, marked out. <laughs> But Prep, you didn't actually think he was coming out. You just said it. I didn't like. I didn't think. I didn't think they had to do anything. Uh, I did appreciate that they they're trying to pay off that Jericho story where he wants them to thank him, and he's still going on like like yo, you guys better. He, he even said before the Dean podcast today, he's like, yeah, he still hasn't thanked me either, and he owes me a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I guess we can get into... Well, before we get into, like, some more specifics, the other thing I'll say is the way they introduced Dean, I think I think they did need it only because, like... here, Here's why I say that. They were trending, like, number one worldwide on Twitter for almost the whole night that the show was on, which obviously is great. But for him to show up when he did the way he did it became a thing for people to talk about and think about for, like, days afterwards. So, like, if he doesn't come out, obviously everybody was happy about the show. It was a huge success. But I don't know if it's, like, as huge of a talking point two days later. And then he does the Jericho podcast and opens up a lot uh, about some stuff that happened. And now it's, like, this even bigger story because he's there. They announced he's there for multiple years now. If you recall, like, my first thought when we, we heard the rumors that he was not re-signing there, all I, could, all I cared about was, like, I want this guy to immediately go to this other company. Like, I want him to just go right there. 
And we kind of weren't sure if it would happen. We weren't sure if he was even going to continue to wrestle. But, like, I could not be happier that he immediately walked out the door and was like, all right, I'm in this other company now. I'm signed for multiple years. I'm showing up on their show. I could not be happier about and it. He and feels I, relieved. I mean, again, you talked about the podcast he did with Jericho. And if you just think about it, like, news broke of Dean Ambrose not signing back to the WWE couple months ago, maybe three months oh, ago. Oh, yeah, almost two months before his contract was up, and he said he was dreading going to Monday Night Raw every night because, again, you're just you're just the, the punching bag for Vince McMahon at that point. He feels like a whole huge weight's been lifted. Oh, yeah, and now he gets to, like, do what he does. Um, yeah, Pash, before, before um, we get too far off, I just want to shout out the nerd fans who complained on Tuesday morning that Raw wasn't better than Double or Nothing. First of all, it's Raw. Why would Raw have to outdo Double or Nothing? Period. And on top of that, if you if you want some retaliation, just wait till this weekend at NXT TakeOver 25 because get your lotion out. Tyler Breeze <laughs> is facing a Velveteen Dream. <laughs> and I'm calling that now. Match of the year. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna say that I that I disagree with that because I, I really do love both of those guys and I think Ash, I will give you show. my Ash, I will give you my login for this. Like <laughs> if anything's gonna compete with that. Well I found out I, I technically login now that Pash quit. <laughs> I technically still have it, I think until like June eleventh or something. I just okay. I, I, I saw it in my like, brother. Technically you wanna know? Yeah. Well I, so I canceled my WWE network. Last week, when when Brock won Money in the Bank, like, you know what? <laughs> I can see you doing that. I've had enough. You're done. I, if I need to watch something, I'll find a way somehow. Um, but they're not getting my money as long as he's there, as he's like a prominent role on the show. But he turned the money back in a, Money in the Bank briefcase into a, into a boombox. Yeah, I think Which I'm the only awesome. person. I think I'm the only person who doesn't like it. Oh, it was too much. There's nothing he could do that I'd be like, you know what, that was good. I, I don't care about anything he does. He's, he's yeah. lost me, and there's, <laughs> and there's nothing he could do. Yeah, and this it was week actually... was fine, but next week I'm over it. I know you guys covered it too, the pay-per-view, but like it was a good, pretty good solid pay-per-view until Brock came out in the last minute and won it. Yeah, I, I didn't From my standpoint. It, like my plan was to watch it on Monday, and as soon as I saw that he... He won the briefcase. Like, I'm not even going to watch any of it. Um, so, obviously the main event, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. And the first thing I have to say is there's nothing anyone could say to convince me other than Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> he may not be the most famous. He may not be, like... The Mount Rushmore of most money drawn or, or whatever, but he is the greatest of all time to do what he's done over the span of his career in so many different places, so many different eras, and might even be better in the last three or four years than he was in his prime. No one is better than Chris Jericho. AEW w- was brilliant in making him the main event of their first show. And I think they'd be making a mistake to not make him the inaugural champion of AEW. Uh, Alo, your thoughts on that? Now, 
I'm going to quote you. Would you really want Chris Jericho as the AEW champion in 2019? Or do you think that he'll shine Hangman up? I mean, he could do either. But Because, because I, I think Jericho's smart enough to not put himself over. But on the other hand, I could see I, – I could validate him being champion because I know in the long haul that he will do the right thing. Right, like I don't see him having like a year-long title reign, but I, I think it's smart to make like the biggest name your champion, especially because his promo after the match is, this whole thing is about me. <laughs> so like to me, you really pay that off if he becomes the champion, then he could say, see, that, that belt, this belt is for me. This, this is me. was for me. The TV deal is for me. And then I feel like it makes it even better for whoever defeats him. But, like, I think it makes sense to have the most famous, most recognized guy as the champion. And I agree this match wasn't as good as their match previously. But I just think, like, the, the stakes for this one, the importance was so much more just because of the importance of this show. Prep, what did you think of this match? Their first match was definitely better, but... I find it so hard to complain about anything on this event. Like, yeah, they should be criticized for certain things. But just the fact that this stuff is happening, I don't even think it's fair to complain. And it was better than maybe like 99% of anything that's happened in WWE in the last three weeks. So maybe longer. So for that, it was a home run. And Joseph, would you like to see Jericho as the first champ, or do you think he should put over the first champ? I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him as the first champ for all the reasons you guys stated. Like, he would be good to kind of get over the brand. Um, for me, I think they're going to put it on Hangman Page. Um, just because I think they'll, they'll, they'll play on that feud a little longer, but Jericho doesn't need the title as much as, you know, someone, the inaugural champion might might, might need it to get over, uh, to get more recognition, to get more. I mean, Jericho doesn't need it. But um, either way, I think you're kind of you're kind of setting yourself up for a win. Um, yeah, match was solid though. I mean, Jericho breaking out his uh, new his new Judas effect elbow. <laughs> I think at one point Jr. said he was in the best shape of his uh, wrestling career, which you know, not true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> Maybe he was referencing the uh, UFC fight he has been doing at uh, Batista's gym, but um, he's definitely not in the best shape of his career. Yeah, his physique was definitely not peak Jericho <laughs> form for sure. And Pash, just so you know, you have way better striking than Chris Jericho. Agreed. <laughs> I, I love Jericho, greatest of all time, but I do believe you have a better... I'll have to see your spinning elbow to be the judge. I'm a better striker <laughs> than, than Jericho is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought the performance for both guys was better. I, I think we maybe X said this last week, that he was like, it was a match that he was going into. Like, I have no idea who's going to win. And... I really didn't, because it's like hard to imagine Big Match Ken losing in that spot, but also Jericho is like the guy. And I also love that, like, Dean Amber, well, John Moxley shows up while Jericho's talking, and they did have like a really storied history being in the ring with each other in WWE. So, like, that aspect of it couldn't have been done much better either. One of your favorite angles ever with Mitch the Potted Plant. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we had the, the dueling plate. talk shows. 
we had the whatever the hell that awful match was called. <laughs> the asylum match. Yeah. Uh, they had like a storied history with each other, and I loved Jericho just looking at me, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> like, I, I thought it was it was excellent. Don't you know this is uh, my show? Dean was so good. He was. I'm going to call well, him Dean. John, no, 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 no. First match. You got to call him the Mox. No, no, I, I want to forget everything about Dean Ambrose. Not I'm everything. I'm a John Foxley guy. Yeah, I can't. So I don't know if I can call him that either. I'm having a really hard time trying to do it because, like, I have no knowledge of John Moxley. I have no knowledge of him before WWE main roster. So to me, he's still Dean Ambrose. Um, Every time I say his name, his new name, I, I kind of think of Varsity Blues. Uh, <laughs> kind of draws, draws me back to James Vanderbeek's character. <laughs> I don't want your life. <laughs> the Mox. Um... Yeah, I mean, he, he did look great. His swagger, I felt like, fit really perfectly there. I thought all the physical stuff he did was great. The the uh, DDT on the poker chips was great. <laughs> I thought top to bottom, everything he did was excellent. Yeah, Damn, I'm gonna... best for Alo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, 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 me and well, we, me and Prep were watching this with uh, Elite Collector, Jay Vargas. And me and Jay both wanted him to do the old Dirty Deeds, the original version of Dirty Deeds, yeah. but he didn't do it. So, uh, But he did. Like, you could see in his body language and everything, he definitely, like Joey said earlier, like, he's definitely more free now. Like, you could tell I, he's wanted to, to uh, have the chains loosened, so to speak, for a little bit. You cut a promo after the match. He kind of said all that. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Yeah. Prep? Yeah, you you didn't see the promo in the locker room? I didn't. Oh, that was cool. He said he he's like shifting the paradigm in wrestling. But uh did you hear the Jer did you listen to the Jericho interview? I read a couple passages from it. Gosh, that was you the most entertaining thing. He <laughs> sounds like his voice. He sounds like a new man. <laughs> he does. He just sounds so like remember when the CM Punk thing happened and everybody looked at him and he's like he looks so good like dean just sounds so good like he's just in such a better place right now better yet pash remember when you quit your job <laughs> i was i was gonna bring it up <laughs> the whole time prep was talking i was like waiting to say and i was like you know what i brought that up enough <laughs> so i'm glad you brought it up for me <laughs> he sounds like a new man like it's amazing and he told him well, you, Joey, did you listen to it, or did you see the passages? I did a little both. I listened to some of it, read some of the passages. Just to, I didn't have time to sit there and listen to the whole thing. Okay. But I, I, do, I do know the whole, whole, whole t- top to bottom of it. Okay, well, good shit. That's good yeah, shit. I was gonna say, do you guys, do you guys mind if I read a passage? Oh, oh, I have it all queued up already. I have a whole stuff for you. Because there, yeah, there was one particular one I wanted to read because I was reading it right before we came on and I just couldn't help but laugh. Um, let's see, which one was it? Okay, so this was about a, a conflict he had with Vince McMahon about how his character should behave. <laughs> so here we go. So one day I come into TV like normal. At this time, I think I'm on SmackDown. I'm a good guy, a baby face. A pretty major good guy on the show. Basically, the lead good guy on the show at this point. This is so good. I come That's in exactly I, what he said. <laughs> I come in and I get a backstage promo handed to me from a writer. Writer is going to be a key word in this podcast, you will find, and the word script. I get a script handed to me by a writer. 
and it's a backstage promo, and it's me describing the things I did on the way to the arena that day. I can't remember exactly what the things were because they were so ridiculous. And this isn't an isolated incident. There's hundreds of these promos that have happened over the years that they all, that they all get lost in the shuffle. But it was three or four things. They weren't things that a cool person does, that a relatable person does, that a guy you want to have a beer with does. Not even things, not even <coughs> things a guy you would root for does. These are things that an idiot would do. <laughs> like things along the lines of driving backwards on the street on a unicycle or, you know, sharing a pizza with a homeless man on the street. Just weird stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm not saying any of that. All right, so I'm like, change all of that. Rewrite it just to, to something normal. Go about my business. Writer comes back to me later. Vince redid it. Put all the stuff back in. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh, God, now I have to go in and talk to Vince. So if you can't get it through without going in there, now Vince has rewritten it himself. Now it's out of the writer's hands. Now i got to go in and talk to Vince. All right, go in and talk to Vince. I'm like, yo, I can't say all this stuff. It's ridiculous. And he's like, oh, it's such good shit. Oh, this stuff. <laughs> this is the reason people like you. It's why they connect to you. You're different. This is you. And I've had a million conversations with him that are almost this exact same conversation about similar promos or things. You know, this is you. Such good shit. This is what makes you you. And I said, so I'm an idiot? And he goes, no. <laughs> it's you. You're different. And I'm like, okay. And I don't know where we landed on that particular promo or whatever, but... That kind of sums up the battle I've been fighting for six years. So, basically, Dean Ambrose confirmed that, like, we're, we're not crazy for thinking Vince doesn't know what he's doing anymore. No, because the funny thing was, in the last month, we've been talking about all this. A lot of that has been the whole emphasis of the show. And the majority of it is like, what's going on backstage and what's going on with these writers? And a person that's going to have a similar story whenever the hell she gets out of her contract with mm. Sasha Banks. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear that. You think she's going to spill all the tea? Oh, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Because her story is some, her, her position is a lot similar to Ambrose's, well, Moxie's situation. Because we, because we, like, even uh, when Ambrose, when well, he's Ambrose in WWE. So when, even when Ambrose was discussing his heel run, and I remember a lot of us on, on the show, we talked about this is stupid. He talked about, <laughs> he, he talked about getting a tetanus shot in his ass. Um, Vince wanted him to use a pooper scooper or something like that, <laughs> and like the whole. Um, the whole mask over his nose, that's what led to the gas mask because, I, I mean, I don't want to be affected by you people. Yeah, he wants to be inoculated from the fans. Yeah, like, like I'm glad that that's so fresh and it was explained because that was terrible because we all love the, the Dean Hill turn, especially at the time it happened because of, it happened the night Roman got leukemia, so that's great yeah. heel heat. But they also wanted him to say more stuff about Roman having cancer at the time and Ambrose said it was something worse than what he said the first time and he wouldn't even say it on air so we don't know that Vince, it's not even the writers it's Vince Vince has final say and th this is a mess like the WWE backstage is equivalent to the LA Lakers front office right now it can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yes, it is. They're, they're neck and neck. <laughs> they're, they're, they're neck and neck. Lakers and front office, WWE backstage, and my old job. I mean, are you, all neck and neck. Your boy is kind of making up stories about uh, having lunch with like uh, 
Oh, God, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I hate him so much. Rob Lowe-looking mother. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, and, like, to make a comparison, the Lakers of WWE and the Clippers of AEW, because all you ever hear about the Clippers is they have Jerry West, they have this billion-dollar owner. The Lakers are essentially a mom-and-pop compared to Steve Ballmer. And all you hear on ESPN for the last year is that the Clippers are coming. And yeah. they're coming for the city of L.A. And AEW is coming for WWE. Yeah. Uh, so, Prep, I'll start with you on the next match I feel like we should talk about. Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes, The Natural. So, Prep, I know you were, like, not the biggest Cody guy at one time. And I know you, your feelings have changed to some degree. What did you think of, of Cody versus Dustin? On a card with the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, to name a few of like some of the best workers in the world, this was the best match on the card. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, I, I looked at Alo and I said, yo, is this going to be better than the match he had with Randy Orton on? I, I thought it was SmackDown. It was Raw a few years ago. Alo was right. <laughs> but uh which was so you didn't a fantastic stump match. <laughs> I did not stump him. One one of the matches of the year that year. And uh it was a little too bloody for my taste, but besides that, the story, the work You're a meat guy. How you got how, how's it too bloody for your taste? <laughs> Human blood and animal blood is so different. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Do you think it was bloodier than they intended it to be? Listen, it was bloodier it than Diego Sanchez versus Gilbert Melendez. And that's one of the bloodiest fights in UFC history. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. It was like, I don't know if you guys heard me earlier when Joey mentioned the Crimson Mask. I said it was bordering on a Crimson bodysuit. Body <laughs> yeah, because me, cause me, the thing was, when once gold dust, once Dustin started leaking, me and Prep was like, oh, God, I wonder what Pash thinks, because he was leaking. It was gross, and honestly, every time they did something on the ropes, I cringed, because like, they're going to slip off these ropes, because they both have blood all over them. And it did happen at least one time. I don't remember what they did, but one of them went up to the top ropes, and you could tell... Oh, it was the superplex. Yes, yes. Like it, it, it didn't quite work out, and I think it was because they just didn't have sure footing up on the top rope. Uh, I hope he sticks around. Well, I'm assuming he is going to be on that next show as Cody's partner. I'm assuming they actually are officially doing that. Yep. Um, well, they haven't set a match for him for that uh, Fighter Festival, which I think is next, right? Yes, yeah, Fighter Fest, and it's um, the show in Jacksonville. And that's when Cody and Dustin are teaming up in Jacksonville. That's in July. Which um, is going to be awesome against the Young Bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Prep, I agree with you. Match of the night. And honestly, I said this to Joey before we recorded too. Like, I think for sure at the end of the year, I would have this on my list of nominees for match of the year. Oh, it is. Like, the importance of it, the quality of it, um, the fact that it really did cement. Like, to me, that cemented we are going, we are, this is why we are the alternative. Like, you guys don't get to see blood in the other company anymore. We'll, we'll give you that. Um, there was a lot of emotion in that story. Like, JR's call on that match I thought was great. Like, him having known these guys their whole lives. Uh, I, I really thought it was excellent. It will be in the running for match of the year, I know, for me. 
and I don't think they could have put on a much better performance. I didn't love the the sledgehammer to the throne. I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the sledgehammer and the throne, but then they had that cheesy pyrotechnic where it just shot out of the side. It's so just, it looked cheap. Yes, it, it looked, looked cheap. It looked very corny. Yes, super. and I felt like you don't need. Like, I would love for them to be real competition for WWE. You guys know I want to see them, like, stomp Vince and WWE into the ground. But I feel like there is no real need to do it. But I will give them credit because it's something, again, that everybody's been talking about since it happened. And Vince Russo says, like, you got to get people talking about you. So it worked to that instance. Alo as the number one Paul Levesque supporter, what did you think of it? I loved it. You guys are prepped. Like, I, I was marking out. I was like, oh, here's a throne. And I was like, what, I was like, wait, when's the sledgehammer going to come in? And then Brandy handed, handed him this this fake-looking sledgehammer. It looked terrible. I don't know if it was real or not, but it's just she handed him the sledgehammer. And I doubt it because that sledgehammer did nothing to the chair. Yeah, that, that, it, it looked so bad. But, um, yeah, the ending, he went, ended up going back up the ramp. Like, I was, I, I was marking out. And, like... <sighs> I, like after he did it, I just didn't really know what to think about it because I understand that you're coming, you're, that you're like, you're saying you're an alternative, but at the same time you're trying to compete with WWE or in some case, in, in some case beat them because even the whole weekend they were commenting on about WWE like the 24/7 title. Cody had a shot at Bailey yeah. <laughs> uh, during a Starcast panel, and so, but like after it happened, I didn't really know what to think about it. But after watching, like, well. Before Double or Nothing, watching the road of Double or Nothing and stuff like that, you would hear him talk about Triple H and stuff like that. It made it made sense because him and him and Brandy are kind of seen as the new power couple of wrestling compared to Stephanie and Triple and Triple H. Yeah, I just didn't think it was uh, necessary. Your thoughts on the Dustin and Cody story? Joseph? It was awesome. Everything about it, it hit hit the right note. Like I said, promo was going into it talking about putting an old dog to rest. Um, the build-up for it, the emotion behind it. I mean, this match, you could probably argue you had the most emotional ties to out of any of the other matches. Um, the match itself was good. Again, very, very bloody. Um, <laughs> Can't but, be said enough. But a solid five-star match that ended with the, that very emotional, like, will you be my partner kind of moment was awesome. Yeah, so, and you guys know I'm not a big fan of the million false finishes. This, to me, was a match that Every false finish was, like, earned and warranted because, one, you had the idea of Cody against the prior generation, which really could be seen as, like, a metaphor for, like, society. Like, the people before our generation are kind of screwing over the next generation. Um, The idea of brother versus brother. Like, I don't have a brother. Prep, you're – well, you have brothers, Joey. That I do. Uh, like, I'm the only one that does not have, have a brother. They wouldn't beat me in a match. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe they would. Lucky you. But, like, <laughs> but you, you could assume, like, if you're going up against your brother, like, that is the time that you'll do everything you can to, like, not lose. So, like, to me, that's where it's the perfect story to have both guys kicking out of finishers because you don't want to lose to your brother. Oh, I'd kick my brother's ass. No, and we've talked about it before. When WWE just throw these random gimmick matches together, you need to have that blood feud. You need to have that feeling that anything's going to happen. And these guys are going to go to all – and you had this. This wasn't a gimmick match, but you had that feeling in that match. That's that's the kind of feeling you want to create. 
Yeah, it felt like a big deal. And, like, the crowd was on fire from the start to the finish of it. I don't remember there being, like, a lull in the match at all. And also, I want to say something that I I don't think any of the three of you are are really going to care too much about this, but it's something I was thinking about after watching Cody talking to his brother. Like, we live in a society and in a country where there are so many legacies of people who don't deserve them. Uh, Like, family legacies that are unwarranted. Like, the the family legacy that comes to mind first is the Trump family. Uh, (laughs) I hate to disparage these three uh, sentences or this phrase, but a family that has contributed nothing to society, they've done nothing for anyone but themselves, they have lied, they have cheated, and they have stolen their way to a family legacy. And it is beautiful to see an earned family legacy like the Rhodes legacy. Dusty Rhodes, one of the absolute legends in the business, one of like the guys who's the reason why wrestling was as popular as it was in the 80s and probably still today, shaped a lot of the young talent that we like in WWE now. And to see his sons on that stage like create something new and create something that is really like this is I think the biggest thing to happen in wrestling in the past decade if not more. Like, to see that family earn that legacy, to me, was was very meaningful. And, like, it makes me wish them success even more than I already did. Um, And do you think, by any chance, Triple H is jealous of Cody? Like, we know Triple H is not happy with the way Vince is running things, and he's frustrated, and we've heard all these reports. Do you think he's looking at Cody and being like, that son of a bitch is getting to do what I want to do here? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say just because because Triple H has NXT as his baby, and NXT is Triple H's vision. I think he's just so pissed off with Vince, because all the report, even there was a report saying Triple H, Stephanie, and some officials watched Double or Nothing. It's just the fact that Vince McMahon, and you'll appreciate this, Vince and his hubris, won't, <laughs> he won't change because he doesn't understand that the times have changed and the same old stuff doesn't even work anymore. Even in the in the Moxley podcast, he this Moxley interview, Moxley talked about the difference between Vince and Tony Khan. Tony Khan, Tony Khan grew up a fan. He got to sit backstage and have a conversation with Tony Khan about something that happened in 1998 ECW. Vince Vince is like so into sports entertainment and he's set in his own way. Tony Khan's a fan, so he understands what needs to be done, especially in this time, in this time and era. Yeah. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. And Triple H is doing that at NXT, but like I tell people, even though I think NXT will, will, will duel, will duel with Double or Nothing, NXT dueling with Double or Nothing isn't seen as a, as a big deal as a WWE pay per view dueling with Double or Nothing. Yeah. So I don't have any like real attachment to any of the other matches on the card, so, like, I can leave that to you guys. But the last thing I personally want to mention, we mentioned MJF, but I have to, first of all, say how huge of a deal it is that, like, Bret Hart had, like, came out to present their their belt. Like Vince was sick. <laughs> one of the biggest names in the history of the industry is, like, there for that huge moment on this show. So they have Jericho, and they had Bret the Hitman Hart. 
on this show. They had gold dust at the show. Like, oh, Dean Ambrose Mox. shows up at the show. Mox. Like, But, my God, did MJF steal the show. I mean, we've talked about him being, like, a legendary heel in the making. That guy is tremendous. His look is tremendous. His gimmick is tremendous. He's so good on the microphone. He's good at being, like, an arrogant prick, but also being, like, a cowardly weasel. The, the fact that he made the comment about, Brett, there's a fan coming, and then cracking up at the comment, I thought was great. And I love the idea of someone being so obnoxious and so annoying that they make everyone around them want to, like, kick their ass. Yeah. And that promo ended with three guys basically about to beat him up. Yeah, uh, and then he li- and then he lives the gimmick too, which is also which also helps outside outside of the ring and outside of the show. Like there's a video going around of him yelling at a kid who touched him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's excellent. kids should know better. Yeah, he should. But like Alo made the point earlier in the episode that. Like, they clearly have a defined role for him and, like, see big things for him. Um, or else they wouldn't have had him out there with... Brett. Do you think that dude ever thought he'd be cutting a promo on Bret Hart? No. <laughs> no. Like, like even last week when, I, when we uh, discussed the preview of Double Enough, I was like, a lot of these guys are getting their big break. And MJF, we've been touting him for almost a year now, and he looks like a star. Mm-hmm. And Jungle Boy got thrown into that very yes. important segment too, which I, yeah. I was very happy about. Yeah, me too. Even, uh, he, yes, they yeah. even said that on the broadcast. Son yeah. of Luke Perry. Yeah, because um, he even did one, um, one of the faces of Jericho, too. So a lot of Jungle Boy at Double Enough. Yeah, that was awesome. That entrance was great. I'm glad you brought that up because I loved it. Uh, Prep, what do you think about MJF? He's the goat, and he's such a dick in person. <laughs> like he's he's like one of the worst people to meet because you don't want to like meet a wrestler and them to be a dick, but like he could somehow get away with it. Yeah, I think part of it is like he's not a very big guy, so he's not like this imposing physical presence that's like intimidating you. It just yeah, kind of he's like, like throws you off. And Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Jewish, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's like it's just kind of like off-putting. It's not intimidating, but it's great. And like the reaction he generates, like that crowd, and I guarantee you, almost everybody in that crowd actually enjoys him. But, but the reaction he got was like exactly what you want to get. Mm-hmm. When's the last heel in WWE to get that reaction that he got? Um. Elias when he first came. And even that was more like we just can't stand you. Exactly. Yeah, and maybe and maybe the Miz when Maurice first got back. But the, the Miz is basically MJF's equivalent, you can say. Oh yeah, he's like definitely <laughs> like the not the reincarnation, but he's like the evolution of the Miz, maybe. Like that he's like the next the next Miz. Um so like what else oh go ahead, Prep. No, so, like, just to go back to, like, Moxley for a second, because I want people to really temper their expectations, because if people are going to expect, like, Kenny Omega work, that's not the way he works. Like, he's a brawler wrestler, like, that's what he was in the CZW. He had, like, a little bit of 
time in WWE where he was able to work that style. So I don't want people to think that he's going to come out and do all these crazy moves. Like we're guaranteed that somebody's going to like complain about the way he wrestles. And if you do, I will get out ahead of this and say you are an idiot that needs to get punched in the face if you're going to do that. Because you've seen him in WWE, you should know better. And that's not his role there. His role is to be more than that. And I, nobody should want the company. I'll, I've said it a million times. I might as well say it again. Everybody can't be Sami Zayn, and everybody shouldn't be Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is only special because everybody else isn't Sami Zayn. Um, yeah, I really hope people don't don't start with that. But you know, you know what will happen eventually. We are very much in the honeymoon phase right now. Uh, so, like, what else on this show, like, stood out to you and why? I thought the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers was a really good match as well. And, again, it kind of put uh, the tag teams almost on the same playing ground as the main, the main title, which is something, again, we haven't seen in a long time. Are you, like, a particular fan of tag team wrestling, or you're just, like... I do. I mean, I grew, up, I grew up watching, when, when we watched back in our heydays, tag team wrestling was just as important to me as, a, as the main title. Um, the tag division, you had all the characters that you really cared for. You had the, the storylines that they haven't done. Yeah. And this, like, it got a true spotlight on this show. Like, all uh, the Rockers and all those other tag teams of, of, of yesterday. Uh, you had the Demolition. I mean, all those teams. And you don't really have that. No. So I love I loved tag team wrestling, yes. There's something, something kind of nostalgic about it for me. Do you guys think that this could be, like, where tag team wrestling truly thrives? Or do you think it's just too difficult to make it, like, the attraction that they may want it to be? They'll thrive, no doubt. Speaking of tag teams, I believe next week we'll all on this show will all be all about tag teams. Because <laughs> I, I refuse to talk about the show in Jetta, whatever they, wherever they are. I'm not talking about that. Next week, should, next week should be all about tag teams. But yeah, I think it'll shine there because of the Bucks being known as if the best, if not the best tag team in the world, basically. But I believe those two teams that went at it are touted as two of the best today, and that's like. That's like one of their like their like best things they have to offer is their tag team division. Like WWE is on and off on and off again with the, t- the tag team division, but that's always going to be a consistent because that's a pro for AEW. Yeah, and Prep, anything for you that that stood out on this show that we haven't talked about? Uh, you brought up that you like JR's call. I think the commentary needs a lot of work. I'm not, like, the biggest JR fan, but I do think that Delirious is really good. So, I think... Or Excalibur, Excalibur, I'm sorry. Yeah, now, now, do you think some of that just comes down to these guys needing more time to get to know each other? Uh, yeah, and, and as much, or as long as JR gets to learn the product as well, like certain wrestlers, the better he'll get yeah. in calling their matches. Yeah, we I mean, saw that with New Japan, because that first show that he did was terrible. Right. <laughs> and then progressively got better. You could also see the difference, too, in um, when the, he called the singles match between Dustin and Cody. Oh, yeah. He was significantly better than he was with any of those four or five-man tag else, matches. Anything yeah. right. He didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> he just said no. He didn't, know, he didn't know the moves. He didn't know the wrestlers. So he didn't have any kind of thing to really add to it. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing about commentary is it's, it's refreshing to hear them just – 
talking about what they're watching as opposed to like these dumb catchphrases and stuff that some idiot backstage is telling them to say. Uh, Alo, what were you about to say? Um, oh, no, what I was going to say was you brought up how his reaction, JR's reaction to um, before the Cody and Dustin match started, to, where he got like real serious for a moment because he was like, he's he has somewhat of an attachment to the, both of those guys. He's, he's been there since Cody broke into the business mm-hmm. and somewhat Dustin as well. So he kind of understood the whole family affair of that. And prep, how, did you, how was the women's match? Cause I didn't say, so I haven't seen it. I was completely shocked by the whole awesome Kong thing. How was like Britt Baker? How was Kylie Ray and the other person that was in the match? Uh, one of my person. favorite moments in the whole pay-per-view. I couldn't remember her name, Joey. Not, was it Nia? Was it Nia? Nia Rose. Nia Rose. Okay. Yeah, one of my favorite things of the pay-per-view was Kylie Ray's entrance where they hit her pyro and then she just, like, burst into tears. Like, she looked like she was legitimate, like, really emotional. But I thought the match was okay. I really wish they would have did, like, two singles matches, whether it was, like, a smaller girl versus a big girl or the two small girls and the two big girls. So you think they should have split the... The four up into two separate sure. matches. I mean, they kind of threw yeah, the awesome and Kong in there. Yeah, and another critique was not enough Penelope Rose that night. Or Penelope Ford. So are you basically saying if you haven't seen it, it's not a match you need to go out of your way to watch? Not at all. Um, so just to kind of wrap up a little bit of this AEW stuff, um... It's obviously not direct competition for WWE in that they're not going head-to-head on Monday nights with them or anything like that. But I do believe, and you guys can feel free to disagree with me if you think I'm wrong about this, but I do see them as competition in that there are about two to two and a half million people every week that are watching Raw and SmackDown. And I would guess at least a million of those people are not happy watching those two shows every week. I think AEW is competition in the sense that a lot of people like me who have stopped watching will give AEW a chance and are excited about it. And a lot of those maybe million to million and a half people that are watching it begrudgingly every week, like, I'm watching it, but this sucks and I hate it, may say, you know what, I'll invest that two hours into AEW instead. So I'm not saying they're all of a sudden going to start outdrawing Raw, but I am saying that there are some people who stopped watching Raw that will invest in AEW, and there are some people that just need an excuse to stop watching Raw finally who may find AEW as the reason to stop watching on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, I'll start with you, Joey. Do you think that's... Do you think that is the case, or do you think WWE kind of has their fans and AEW won't really affect it? I think uh, AEW will have an effect on it, either good or bad. I mean, again, you could lose some some, some viewers to AEW, but ultimately, the way I like to view it, because I'm a WWE guy and I always will be, doesn't mean I'll never watch anything else, because I have, mm-hmm. but I think AEW pushes the product. It pushes us to a place where they're going to have to make adjustments and you'll, they'll stop force-feeding you the same old garbage. Yeah. Halo? Uh, I think WWE has its fans, but the thing is, the per the ratings, those fans are so little. And the fact that they're on different shows, the WWE fans are probably 
still be there. But the question is, the whole how many fans will AEW get? And AEW, they're they kind of played this smart because they have yeah, they have pay per views through the next four months leading into their debut on TNT. And I'm sure there'll be something going. I'm sure there'll be something on TNT to like showcase the characters and stuff. So you can actually get to know them. So like they they have they're taking advantage before their premiere to actually showcase everybody and have and try to get these people established. Right. Yeah. No, they're doing a really good job. Like to to Prep's original initial point of this show, like they they seem to know what they're doing from a production standpoint, and maybe because a lot of the decision makers are people who are in this current wrestling climate, that I feel like they know how to present themselves. So, Prep, what do you think? Do you agree with my sentiment on the threat to WWE, or do you think WWE fans will keep watching WWE and AEW fans will just be additional viewership for them? I think that I, there's this thing going around on the Internet all of a sudden where everybody's like, can't we all just get along? You know, and and I, that's what I want to see. I don't I don't think it has to be a threat. But in order for the WWE to actually change its ways, AEW kind of has to take viewers and network subscribers away from them. Yeah. So my hope is that, you know, a good, like, half a million start buying AEW pay-per-views and canceling their network subscription so Vince could actually see, like, oh, shit, maybe I do have to do something. Yeah. Um do we did we see any like initial numbers on how many pay per views they sold? I uh, two hundred thousand. Two hundred. That's the initial number. It's not bad. I mean, for a fifty dollar pay per view, and you figure the wrestling fan has gotten used to like not having to pay for it. It's a pretty and good number. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest. I tried to stream this thing. Every stream I pulled up got dropped. Like <laughs> streams oh were just God. dropping I, like flies. <laughs> dropping like flies. It was ridiculous. Like I was like, all right, I get it. I'll pay for it already. Jen's um, gonna kill me when she opens the cable. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Prep to your to your uh, statement. I don't necessarily think it needs to be. I don't want to see it be a like rival fan faction. But I just kind of see there are a lot of people that probably watch Raw because it's the only thing and may say, you know what, I'll stop watching these two shows and just watch this other one instead. Now, that may not happen, but that's kind of what I see. Like, the apathetic viewer that's like, I don't really enjoy this might say, well, let me give this new thing a chance, and now I can stop watching Raw. I don't know, though. Quality competition is good for the product. We've seen that. Time and time again. I mean, AEW needs to be a player, and I think they will be. And can we agree that they already are getting more mainstream attention than we probably ever could have imagined at this point? Yeah, um, but I'm glad you said that. They were actually they were actually in the New York Post. Really? Yeah, this past weekend. Definitely double or nothing. Yeah, like to me, the, the start to this for them could not have gone any better. They are already so much further than I expected them to be. At this point, so hopefully it's it's only up from here. Um, WWE, there was only two things that I wanted to bring up. First thing being the twenty four seven championship is phenomenal. <laughs> Just because you get our truth, 
And that's exactly why. <laughs> uh, and the fact that, like, the emotional roller coaster that I went on on Monday night when I knew he had lost the 24-7 title, and all I could think is, you just made a huge mistake. He is the best oh, you know, you, you mean on wait, You mean on Tuesday? On yeah. Tuesday, yes. Okay. The emotional roller coaster I went on from the time of him losing it to the time that Roman Reigns, of all people, <laughs> helped him win it back. The uh, the Empire of Truth, I call them. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought, you know, three years ago when I was the only person talking about our truth and it was kind of like an inside joke on the show, and especially if you remember how much I pandered to our truth at Access in Orlando. <laughs> I do remember When that. I told him he was the most underrated guy of the last 25 years. <laughs> who would have <Jeez>. thought... <laughs> Who would have thought at that time that we would ever see our truth main event a show with Roman Reigns? <laughs> <laughs> the twenty four seven championship is the best thing WWE has done in two years, I think. Oh, Since God. Jericho left, it's the best thing WWE has done. And I, I just love that he's still calling the European title. <laughs> <laughs> and every Shut time they run, Carmelo just jumps on his back. It's so good. Yes. Joseph, I don't think we've gotten a chance to talk to you yet about the 24-7 championship. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Still too early to kind of give a hard feeling on it. It kind of reminds me of the hardcore title when they had that uh, defended at any time, anywhere. Um, are you again, enjoying it today? Uh, I'm enjoying our truth Again, anytime you get our truth on TV, it's a good thing. <laughs> That's never a bad thing. <laughs> the only thing I can think of this week, though, was just... How bad it must be for Elias and um, what's his face to be stuck at being Shane's bodyguards, essentially oh, yeah. boiled down to their body his bodyguard. Mm-hmm. You, you know the best thing Archie said was he says, "You know how hard it is to be at the dentist and get a filling in when you're getting pinned." <laughs> <laughs> I was all, like, oh my god! And does anyone? Agree or disagree, Carmella should be the one to officially dethrone him. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good for TV. I I would love it, but I don't think they're going to do it. I would love it, but I don't think they're going to do it. Prep, what do you think? I don't want him to ever lose this title. (laughs) (laughs) He's the longest reigning 24-7 champion. He's the first two-time 24-7 champion. Our truth is the 24-7 title. Mr. 24-7. Yep. God, so good. Um, that sounds more like a porn title <laughs> than, a, than a title. <laughs> Mr. 24-7. Well, you never know. It may be something they have to take back at some point. They've taken other <laughs> things back. What was it, team? What was uh, it, the submission sorority uh, or whatever? Yeah, yeah submission sorority. Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was we got another Bray Wyatt vignette. We now know that his alter ego or whatever we want to consider it is called The Fiend. We obviously still see the uh, he has some sort of weird grip on children that they not, are not necessarily happy to have let him in. They're not all there. Um, for me, I like enjoy this more every week and anticipate the next one more every week. Joey, are you still anticipating it and enjoying it the same way you were? Definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely keeps me interested. Like I, again, I want to watch the segments. I go back, rewatch, and look for little little. Uh, Little things that I might have missed the first time around. And again, I just want to see, see him get in the ring and think how, how, how the character's going to play out. Prep. Prep to Gon Jr. 
Any thoughts on Bray Wyatt? Yeah, I want to see that mask again. He needs to come out in person. Like, as cool as the vignettes are, my favorite thing that they do is when they have that, um, like, when he gets really serious and they do that up close where it looks yeah. like an old TV. Mm-hmm. Like, with the lines. That's awesome. I'm still curious, like, how he's going to work because we see him kind of revert to that, like, that when he did the limbo thing. Yeah. I didn't really like that because I, I was hoping that he'd, like, try to depart as much as he can from, like, his original character. Yeah, I think I figured that's such, like, a unique thing to him that they wouldn't let him not do it. It's kind of a version of his old character, though. I mean, I, I do think we'll get pieces of his old character. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's like, it's, he's trying to fool us into that he's not that anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a total departure, but it is. And I don't have a problem with him being that character if they let that character really be that character instead of just having him, like, lose and do nothing all the time. Exactly. We've got to get it, let him get in the ring and see what happens, see how it develops. And, Alo, where are you at with Bray? Yeah. Bray I, I the like legend, the, as you like to call him. Yes, and, <laughs> and speaking of that, that spider walks out, he got JoJo pregnant, so. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I'm kind of glad that he kind of like we got we got the reveal, but he's going back to this. So that's like like his his other personality. And I liked his interaction with is it Abby, the puppet. Yes. I, I like the interaction with Abby this week because didn't Abby say like let me go or something like something yeah, along those like lines? Something along the like why won't you let me go or let me move on or whatever it was or you know you're keeping me here in sister, limbo. Sister Abigail. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So <laughs> so like I thought that added like a, another layer to him. So like you kind of. Kind of have a feeling like are those uh, are those puppets? Do they have a, a bigger role in this? But I really did enjoy the whole segment. I'm glad it's still going on that they didn't have him come out after his original reveal. And I like the the touch of the paper plate with the mask drawn on it, like yeah. to, to really hammer. It was like his his craft project for the week on his kids show. This is one instance where a couple squash matches would probably do him good. To kind of get the the, the character that your you, in ring persona more developed, and I love what he's doing on Twitter. Yes, where he's Thank basically God. being super nice and apologizing to everyone for the horrible things I did in the past. I don't know when we're going to see him actually interact with any of these guys, but I I like the the effort that he's putting forward in in all avenues, <clears throat> and I, I I'm really excited, like Prep said, to see him actually in person on one of the shows. But for now, like, I'm really enjoying what they're doing on a weekly basis. Um, was there anything else worth talking about? Yeah. Sami Zayn is a legend. Oh, uh, yes, you're right. He is. I'm shocked that, well, Vince claimed he, he there's a report that said in one of his press conferences, one of his uh, teleconferences or whatever, they asked him about AEW, and Ben said, "What's an AEW?" So, <laughs> I'm, sh- I, I'm shocked they had Sami Zayn go out there and say that because I talked about last week about when you're on top, why mention somebody below you because that does more for them than it does you. Right. And I was in like that audience. That's like a a kid audience, like a casual audience. So it's like, oh, hey, what's this AEW thing? Let me Google it. While while in the arena, so I'm completely shocked that they actually went along with that. But they took it back because the reports are saying that they took 
that it wasn't they a script, it but, out. but they edited it out of the YouTube clip. But yeah, it was planned to be in there. And to me, I'm like, I don't know if them mentioning it means like they got a little bit shook by AEW, or if it's Vince, like if it's them basically saying, oh, this pissant company, who cares? Like, we know people are talking about it. They're not a threat to us, so we'll say it. Who cares? I think it's a little both. Um, again, there's probably some, some fear in there, but for the most part, it's like, uh, what does it care if we mention them? Right. They're not on our level. That's how I look at it. More Again, more hubris. Like, they're no threat to us. They're meaningless. Sure, why not name them? They can't come for us anyway. Uh, but I did like that he did it. The way he delivered it was great. The, the look on his face after he said it I thought was excellent. <laughs> Again, I can never praise him enough for a guy who made his name as a masked wrestler to be so good at using his facial expressions. I can never give him enough credit for. Um, I don't know, do we have a, a listener question? Yeah, we got one. It's from uh, Donovan, the loyal loyal no relation. He, he he asks, "What do you think about WWE and AEW fans choosing sides?" I'll take this first. Mm-hmm. Roll the hell up. <laughs> And go the hell home. Yes, there you go. Uh, Prep? Yeah, I think I already said my answer earlier where I'm in the camp where, like, why can't we just enjoy both? Exactly. Like, when I was a kid, I used to watch mostly Nitro, but I would always tune in the Raw. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't a problem. Like, chances are I'm probably going to watch more of one. I know. I'll say that one more time. You you broke up a little bit. No, I was saying that I'll probably spend more time watching the one that's on TV more often. Right. Um, Joey, what do you think of fans choosing sides? I don't think there's any reason to. I mean, again, it's your prerogative. That's the way you go. But again, it's enough wrestling to go around. Watch watch what's more entertaining for you. Watch who's more entertaining to you. Yeah. That, that's so. On in like the general sense, my thing is it is silly to to try to start a a rivalry as like a fan group, like it's one against the other. Especially because they're not competing against each other in the same time slot on TV. You can watch them all if you want to. Um, so I think it's silly for me personally. I have not shut up for the last, what, six months on this show about how much I hate that company and hate that guy and his daughter and his son-in-law and, like, everybody involved and hate the boring TV product. His doofus son-in-law. His doofus son-in-law. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where I resent the fact that they have provided me so many hours of such boring and lazy content. That I I more so I'm not necessarily like oh AEW over WWE I'm more like I really want these guys to succeed one because I think they deserve it they took a huge risk I really admire the risk that they're taking and in the like WWE is not going to get run out of business by AEW the the worst that could happen is they get a little bit upset about AEW getting a lot of notoriety and they say all right we have to Change some things. And to me, that that's what everybody should be hoping for. If AEW can make WWE better, like if WWE was like a fun TV show to watch every week, I wouldn't be complaining. I'd be watching it every week. And I would like it to get back to being that again. 
So to me, that's that's what this is really about. Like if AEW really is a threat or competition, it will get more out of WWE than than what we're seeing. So we talk. We talked about Moxley sound like a new man. Pat, you sound like a new man today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I told you, this event happening over the weekend was exactly what the world of wrestling needed. Like, I saw this event happen. I was like, this is exciting. This is fun. This is new. This is something worth caring about. Um, Do you agree that this is a product for the Laps fan? uh, Yeah. Like that's one of the reasons why I say I think their ratings will probably be better than people think because a lot of people who have stopped watching or are on the verge of stopping watching may decide I'll just watch this. So yeah, I do think so. Like I, I think I'm a perfect example. Like I could not have cared less about anything in wrestling. I've even said I'm rooting for these guys, but I'm not willing to sit down for two hours every week and watch their like commit to watching their show. And after following that show along on Twitter for most of the night, I was like, oh, shit, I feel like I missed out on something. So the energy that came out of that, like, I definitely feel it. Like, and as you guys said, you can probably hear it in my voice. Like, I feel differently talking about this than I have in a while. Million dollar question. Uh Uh-huh. Would you go to an AEW show? Um... I'm not going to straight up say yes, but if you would have asked me on Friday, I would have said 100% no. And asking me on Wednesday night live, <laughs> um, there's a, there's definitely a chance I would say yes. All right. And I would say it's probably, like, at the, at the moment, it's probably 50-50. Huh. I think what I would need to see before I committed to that is I want to see a couple weeks of their weekly TV show and see, like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm invested in this. Uh, now, if they came to Philadelphia in, like... That's what I meant. That's in, what like, I meant. August, and you told me, oh, they're going to be in town, you know what, I probably would go, yes. Okay. Even if it was at 2300 Arena, and even if I did have to be amongst the white trash, <laughs> yes, I would go. You, you can, uh, that was the next part to my question. <laughs> It's not a definite, but it's like more likely than not, I would go. We can make it work. Yeah, I'm sure you guys could all team up and get me to commit to it. But yes, like this, like invigorated me a little bit, and like I was excited to talk about it, and I'm like excited to see like what's next. Your beard looked a little stiffer this evening. Yeah, I bet it did. I don't know how much longer it's going to be this long, but. But I hope you guys enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, and yeah, when you start working at Nifty Fifties, you gotta cut it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I wouldn't cut my beard for Nifty Fifties for sure. I could wear a hairnet on it though if I had to. Couldn't I? Oh, good. I yeah, think. just remember to put a hairnet on your head. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on up there. Um, all right, I have like. Three minutes left. Any final thoughts from anyone before we close this out? No, I have nothing else to say. Great show, AEW. Prep? I can't wait to see what their weekly TV looks like. Same. And I'm really upset that we're not going to be at All Out. (laughs) That's That's in Chicago again, right? Yeah, I'll be in Hawaii. Oh, wow. And I'll be... 
I'll be in a pile full of used diapers. Yes, you will. <laughs> Joseph, any final I won't thought? be in a diaper. No, <laughs> you won't be in a diaper. I hope not, at least. <laughs> yeah, me too. If I am, there's something went terribly wrong. That'd be a ro- drastic change. Something terribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> any final thoughts, though? All good here. Uh, so, yeah, I will just say congratulations to AEW. Congratulations. This is a, probably the first time I'm going to make this type of compliment in a long time. Congratulations to the people in attendance because you did play a part in making that show as fun as it was. There's not many things that I enjoy more than seeing unity, and that was definitely a crowd united uh, on Saturday night. I don't know if you guys saw, but did you see when they tried to debut that tag team and the crowd chanted, who are you? No. (laughs) I didn't see that. I did not. It was right after the uh, best friends match. I felt so bad because I'm like, come on, this is Super Smash Brothers. They're like PWG royalty, and they get chanted, who are you? So the, the smarkiest of smarts didn't know who they were? No idea. A bunch of posers in the audience then. I, I retract my compliment. Thank you for saving me from that. I may even cut out the compliment when I edit this. Uh Uh-uh. We'll be editing it out. (laughs) No, I won't. I'll leave it in there. I want everybody to know that once I was informed that I took it back on my my own. Um, So I guess that is the show. Uh, LeBron, I think you're still not invited. Joel Embiid, you're always invited, but I'd rather you work on, like, getting yourself in shape. I'm inviting Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, always welcome. <laughs> Kobe and Heath, if you want to recreate your dinner, you're more than welcome to on Matt Madness. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating and review. The Phillies just went up 11-1. to one. Um, But, yeah, for Mr. Sexy Punakana, the now forever C.K. Joe Rodermill. Doing my damn thing. <laughs> for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagina. Your boy Elver every Friday. Yes, every Friday. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd, would you like to move some merchandise before I sign off for myself? Yes, wetmaneuver.net to embrace the madness. Also, there are there is international Matt Madness branding now. If you like a sticker, <laughs> please contact the Matt Madness Instagram page or email me at mattmadnessaloyd at gmail, AOL.com, and we'll get that out to you. And you, and you could brand your city all over the place. <laughs> all right. So for three of my very best friends, I am Ron Pashery Jr. And we will see you next week. They hop on the top rope by the land with elbow. Got them now. Put them down right now. Hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band. Y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman. It's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man. It ain't shake the land. Off the cell. Fans love it. Ain't hard to tell. Talking madness. Awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man. Y'all off the smell.